All right, we're going to pause there with some of the WhatsApp voice notes and get into our conversation. And this is around the Customary Marriages Amendment Bill of 2019. Now, the submission for the bill has been approved by Cabinet. And, of course, it was raised after the Customary Marriages Act of 1998 was declared unconstitutional. Well, let's find out exactly what the changes here mean. Shani Fannikerk is a Senior Associate and Attorney at Adams and Adams. Good morning and thank you so much for your time today, Shani. Good morning. It's lovely to be here with you. Talk to me about the the Customary Marriages Amendment Bill of 2019. What does it do and what does it seek to correct uh, in terms of where the Customary Marriages Act was found to have been unconstitutional? So simply put, previously marriage that were entered into customary law before 1998 were distinguished from those entered into after 1998. Marriages entered into after 1998 were regarded as in community of property marriages. However, those entered into before 1998 remained unchanged. Therefore, there was a, a big lacuna in the law where there was basically discriminated against women who were married in terms of customary law before the, uh, the new the bill. What the new amendment bill tries to do is to place a bit more of certainty and equality before you know for women married, regardless of whether it's before or after. Mm. What have been the the challenges that women married before 1998? What have been the challenges that they faced in terms of the the application of this act? Those women due to their marriages not being regarded as in-community of property marriages, were left at the mercy of their husbands. And should their marriages have ended or fallen apart, they would have no rights in respect of the marital property and would basically be left at the mercy of the husbands to leave them anything. Also, which is a further problem, is that should a mother in those circumstances pass away, for example, a child would not be able to inherit from her due to not being um, entitled to any of those matrimonial properties. So effectively, what we're looking at, Shani, is that women who were married before 1998, once this amendment bill is signed into law, will now have rights in terms of what they can claim when it comes to the property within the marriage. Exactly. So what would now happen is that regardless of when you were married in terms of customary law, your marriage will be regarded as an in-community of property marriage, which means that you are entitled to half of the, uh, the property, the marital property or the assets in the marriage. That is a remarkable step ahead for gender equality. Mm. Let's talk about the issue of an anti-nuptial agreement and how it falls into this particular amendment bill. So where parties have elected to also register an anti-nuptial contract, that basically disregards the intimunity of property marriage, which is automatic in a customary law marriage. So the bill would not affect parties that have registered an anti-nuptial contract. So, so, so what does that mean? So that means, let's say parties were married customary 
And then after being married customary or well before they got actually said the I do's, they enter into a civil marriage or they register an anti-nuptial contract. And in terms of the anti-nuptial contract, they agree on being married out of community of property or out of community of property with the accrual system. Mm. Some of the experts who've been weighing in on these changes have said some of the women who are set to benefit the most out of this amendment will in particular be women who are in polygamous relationships. Yes, because basically before this amendment bill, if you were in a polygamous relationship and you were married customary, you had absolutely no entitlement to anything. Now, with this new bill, those women have rights. And it's remarkable that, you know, when we give someone rights, we are just taking a step ahead. Mm, mm. And of course, you know, the the implications of this bill, are they going to be far-reaching? I think it will be be far-reaching in respect of women having rights. Mm. I don't foresee any negative you know, things streaming from this amendment bill. Mm -hmm. And when we look at the number of cases of people married before 1998, and have we had big contestations um, that have ended up in court that have resulted in us being here today? Yes, the first matter was done as far back as now, I hope my, uh, around 2017. um, And there was another matter in 2000. So the problem is this lacuna was seen quite a while ago and nothing mm. was done. And it is because of the the latest matter, which was Ramu Huvani, that went to the Constitutional Court, where the court actually made an order directing the legislatures to, to change this bill and to, to bring to enact this new bill. Mm. So for those people who were married under customary law, if they wanted to change this, they would need to go to the court to sign sign an an anti-nuptial agreement. Well, not at this point. If they are already Mm. married and Mm. they did not register a civil marriage at that time and they did not sign an anti-nuptial contract before entering into a, a, you know, a civil marriage, then they would have to apply to the court in terms of the Matrimonial Properties Act to have their marital regime changed. And I must add that that is a complete separate interview that we will have to do. The the legislation regarding that is quite far-reaching. Okay, okay. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll continue the conversation with Shanifa Nikark. She's a senior associate and attorney at Adams & Adams. And we're talking about the Customary Marriages Amendment Bill of 2019. Of course, you can also weigh in on this conversation. If you have particular questions that you would like to ask Shani, about how this legislation is going to affect you and uh, your marriage, perhaps. The number to use is 011-714-2006. That's the number to use. And you can also send us those WhatsApp questions and voice notes on 0614-104-107. Send a voice note to Kathy Mutlatana right now. 0614-104-107. 
But we continue the hour talking about the customary marriages amendment bill of 2019. Shani Fanikerk is a senior associate and attorney at Adams and Adams, and she's going to be uh, explaining or continuing to explain what this amendment bill will mean, especially once it is signed into law. It has been approved by um, Parliament now, and therefore uh, on its way to the president's office, waiting for a final signature. There. So, Shani, one of the things that was highlighted in particular for why it was necessary to make the amendments to the Customary Marriages Act of 1998 was that it was found to have limited the right to human dignity and also discriminated unfairly um, against women based solely on the fact that they are women. Um, Do you think that it is often how it has been perceived by society? Because we know that when couples separate, these issues can be very complex and people can be denied of so many rights. It is unfortunate that in 2021, we still see gender-based discrimination. And, you know, coupled with that, if we just look at the amount of gender-based violence against women and children, it is unfortunate that our society is still discriminating against women. But that's why it is, it is such an absolute leap ahead that not only our courts, but our businesses, and our legislatures are trying to change the position of mm. women to give women you know, the, the platform to also rise. I have to add here that I am so proud to be part of Adams and Adams, who, where we have just appointed our first ever female chairperson mm. of the firm. Oh, that, that's amazing. And, and congratulations uh, to, to your company for that. It's one thing to have legislation existing in paper. It's another to be able to implement it effectively. Um, talk to me about that aspect of things. As soon as the bill is enacted and, you know, it's in working, then women that were married before 1998 will be able to approach our courts. And our courts will have to give effect to what this bill says. So I think um, I understand what you say. Women will just have to take charge and approach the courts to ensure Mm -hmm. that their rights are, uh, um, you Mm -hmm. know, looked after in in situations like this of course many women find themselves in a position where they're being vilified often by the affected families and even communities for even standing up and 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 being clear about the fact that they want a stake in whatever it is that has been accumulated during the marriage do you see that coming to a decline because of this amendment bill no i must say that in the In the last year, I've seen an extreme increase in parties married customary and traditionally um, an an increase in inquiries and women coming up front and saying, you know what, I have been inferior for for long enough now. Help me to protect my rights. Mm, mm. I actually think that that mm. with women seeing that our courts and our businesses and legislatures are fighting for them, they're actually getting a boost in confidence to take charge of their lives. But but I guess, you know, the issue of being able to take things and take matters to court uh, still remains a big hindrance. No, definitely. And unfortunately, you know, taking a matter to court entails having money. 
And mm. I think that is then also what hinders women from taking these steps. Some issues, you know, people just never be able to solve. Mm. But I really do encourage women to, to approach an attorney and to, to seek guidance and see, you know, in which ways we can approach the court cost effectively. All right. Uh, we're taking your calls on zero double one seven one four two double zero six. If you have any questions about this customary marriages amendment bill of twenty nineteen, let me go to Joseph in Freiburg. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. I'm well, thanks. Yes, I heard what uh, I, I were talking about. I would love to ask a question. Mm. Yes. Now I want to know what happened if you got married because there was a bill that was amended of 2019. What happened if I got married and then already before I got married I bought I have I bought a property like a house and the cars and all this. And then I got married and then before year end we reach a boiling point where we decided let's go our separate ways. Does the my partner also still Benefit benefit from the my previous uh, bond that actually she found me uh, already living in. Does the bill also cover her to have my share on that one as well? That's my question. Yes. So when you are regarded to be married in community of property, that means you share everything regardless of when the asset was required. Um, However, I have to add to parties worried about that position is that to enter into an anti-nuptial contract, if you want to protect any of your assets, then you should register an anti-nuptial contract. Let's say, uh, okay, what happened in my case when I got married, when we got to sign, the lady was actually heavily pregnant. I didn't want to sign. Like, actually, I I would say I was kind of forced into signing uh, this in community of uh, property thing because even there I refused but the person that I was they, they advised me because of this pregnancy the child will be affected so actually I feel like it's not fair for me I did it to protect the unborn child by that time and then afterwards really we it didn't work out but now as it's turned she's she's she's, she's happy and bragging that whatever I had is hers as well because we can go our separate ways and then she's going to benefit from everything, the provident fund and then the pension fund and all those kind of things. But now, I don't, I don't know, where does the dollar protect the, the person? So that, that, does that mean I'm not protected from the law? Because some, what, I, what I believe, some women will enter into a marriage knowing very well what they're going to benefit. And then I kind, I kind of try to know where does the law protect the, uh, the, the, the vulnerable on that issue. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Well, coming up ahead on the update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo today, Afrikaans lobby group, the DAK Network, is today marching to the University of Stellenbosch. It's part of its campaign to protect the language and insist that students be given the opportunity to be taught in their home language. And a former Pan-Africans, Pan-Africanist Congress president and two party members are expected to appear in the Belleville Specialized Commercial Crimes Court today. Now they've been charged with two counts of fraud and two counts of money laundering. So Sakina will bring you an update on those stories and of course plenty more. So much that they get done on the update at noon.
Call the talking point 011-714-2006. So we continue our conversation looking at the impact of the Customary Marriages Amendment Bill of 2019. What exactly will it mean in particular for women in customary marriages, but I suppose even for men in customary marriages, because it goes both ways, I'm imagining. Uh, Shani Van Niekerk is a senior associate and attorney at Adams and Adams. And uh, Shani, we just took that call from Joseph. So uh, I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Of course, you can also reach us on 011-714-2006. I think what the gentleman must remember is that we are now only dealing with marriages entered into before uh, the the Customary Marriages Act. And there is a lot of protection for parties wanting to protect their assets acquired before the date of the marriage. And that is simply to enter into an antinatural contract. And frankly, if you, if you elected at that stage not to enter into such contract, you cannot want to a few years later want to renege on that decision because it doesn't suit you anymore. The protection was there at the time that you got married and that has never changed. Mm. This idea of being, you know, forced into signing documents or being forced into a particular decision at, at a particular time, does that hold any water when it comes to cases that have to go before the courts? What kind of consideration will be will be given to somebody who comes before the courts and says, you know, I did it, but I, I feel like I was pressured into doing it? Those are matters where we call it that the, the parties entered into under duress. Now, to to prove that you entered into any contract under duress is an extremely onerous burden. You will honestly have to prove that the reasonable person would also have felt that duress or that, you know, the force to enter into such contract. And it's more often than not that parties fail to truly prove that because, you know, I, I will I'll call it, there should have been a gun hole held to your head mm. to really prove. But mm. just to say that you signed because she was pregnant or she was feeling this way, I don't think that is enough to call it force or duress. Mm. All right. Okay. Thanks for that, Chani. Um, Jay Intwani wants to know what is a customary marriage and is it just paying a lobola for the bride? No, if you look at the Act, the Customary Marriages Act, the entire process must have been finalized. And that will depend on each cultural um, you know, group or the traditions of those specific, whether it's Zulus or Kozas, etc. So usually it is to pay la bola and for the ceremony and the handover of the bride to be finalized. But very often our courts are faced with the question is, was a customary marriage entered into and it will depend on the facts of each separate matter mm-hmm. and you know I've, I've often seen in terms of proving that a marriage has been entered into in some cases people needing to pro- provide video evidence and presence of families uh, from both sides being gathered why does it sometimes take so much just to prove that a marriage actually has existed or that in fact uh, a, a union should be recognized as as, as a customary marriage? Because unfortunately, if the 
the relationship is regarded as a marriage in terms of customary law, that means the party shares all the assets 50-50. And very often parties just seek any way to get out of sharing their assets. Mm. And that is where the court is then faced with a he said, she said. Oh, it's such a difficult thing to find yourself in, um, well, at least from the outside looking in. I'm going to yes. take more questions that our listeners are sending through at this hour. On the WhatsApp line, it's 0614-104-107. Morning, Katie. Katie, uh, the neighbor of mine, she was staying with this gentleman for almost five years. They had a, a child together, but they were not married. There was no lobola negotiations between the two families, but they stayed together for five years. And the gentleman passed away. So now here's the problem. The, the family from this man, they're chasing this man away. They're taking everything. They own properties and vehicles. So now this lady and her son are stranded. So is there any way that this new Lord can cover this lady or help this lady anywhere, anyhow? But she's from Lesotho and I'm not sure whether it does cover if someone is a foreigner. Shani? Yes, so unfortunately, I am not a, 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 you know, a state's attorney regarding with, you know, when parties pass away. What I can, however, state is that there's no such thing as a common law wife. Um, Regardless of whether you've been together for one year, two years, three years, or even 20 years, if you are not married, you do not enjoy the privileges of a marriage. Mm. All right. Let's take another WhatsApp voice note. Someone like hey, Uncle JJ, I hope you are listening to this topic. But no, honestly, Kate, what is the best form of marriage? Because as young lads, are undecided whether we want to go out of community, in community with a cruel or in community. It's undecided, difficult decision. And, 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 and I was hoping that it, it was a mandatory decision that people needed to take. Not that this thing, if you do not take a deci- decision, you are automatically in community. What is the best decision to take? Uh- yeah, a, a very difficult question <laughs> to answer, Shani. <laughs> no, the gentleman is quite correct in saying that if you don't make a decision, the law makes a decision for you and then you are married in community of property. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to say which marital regime is the best. It depends on your personal circumstances. And I would suggest that parties wanting to get married go and seek the assistance of an attorney who is a specialist in family law specifically to get guidance on which marital regime would fit their needs and their specific circumstances is the best. All right. That's really good advice. I think ultimately it comes down to the actual couple. You know, what do you guys want um, together? What do you want to achieve together? You know, I suppose it's easier to have these conversations when things are going great. It all starts to crumble, of course, when you don't you can't even be in the same room with each other. That's when, um, you know, the, the real regret begins to seep in. All right. Uh, we're in conversation with Shani Van Nieker. She's a senior associate and attorney at 
Adams and Adams, and we're discussing the customary marriages amendment bill of 2019 and the implications of this bill once it has been signed into law. You can, of course, also be part of the conversation. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm back with more of your calls after this. Kathy Mutasana is leading the conversation on across South Africa right now. Now, now. Stay tuned to SAFM. And of course, you are also part of that conversation this morning. Uh, we're in conversation with Shanifa Niker, a senior associate and attorney at Adams and Adams, and she is giving us uh, legal advice. It's around the Customary Marriages Amendment Bill of 2019. Of course, it will see women who are married in customary law under the Customary Marriages Act of 1998. It will give them more rights to be able to claim uh, some of the properties within the marriage or the assets uh, within the marriage. Let me go to Oliver Holt Bosch Matepe is there. Good morning, Matepe. Uh, morning, ma'am. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, not so bad, man. On my situation, I want you to ask, like, I paid Lovola 2010 and 2014, uh, I went to the court to sign for civil marriage on 2018. And now I've got like three properties and my pension, like I was thinking, like now if we are busy dealing with the divorce. So I, I, I asked my wife because we put the, uh, two kids together. I said, no, let me give you one property. Matepe, Matepe, I'm, I'm going to ask you to try and stop walking. I'm not sure if you're walking or if you're driving, okay. but there's a bit of wind coming, coming through and it's making it okay. difficult for us to hear you. Okay, sorry. Yeah, now I'm saying it. Much better. Go for it. Yes, I'm saying I paid law on 2010. And in 2014, we went to the court to sign to get that uh, marriage. It's a civil one. Uh, yeah, civil. Civil marriage. But now, when, like, now we're busy divorcing. If we're divorcing, my wife is going to get something from the she, uh, She's got the share. I will. Uh, that exactly my question. So you want to know what it is that your soon-to-be ex-wife will be able to claim um, from 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 your marriage? Yes. Okay, Shani. Yes. So if you did not sign an anti-nuptial contract which regulates a, a different marital regime, then you are also married in community of property and you and your wife will have to share everything in the marriage. And I think it's important to indicate that you share the, the assets and the liabilities. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Matsepe, hope that answers your question. So, yeah, no, Mantha, thank so, you very much. All right. So, so effectively, Shani, the customary marriage ultimately supersedes the civil marriage if that was entered into prior. Am I understanding you correctly? No, 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 no. Uh. So what it means is that you must elect. If you are married in customary law and you never entered into a civil marriage, then the the law regarding customary marriages is what will be applicable. Mm-hmm. If, however, you entered into a civil marriage after the customary marriage and you signed an anti-nuptial contract, mm-hmm. then the anti-nuptial contract and the civil marriage is what will be relevant. People should remember that customary mm-hmm. marriages, and this is a very niche field, and 
they will be looked at the specific circumstances of each and every separate matter mm-hmm. on its own merit. Mm. And and so the, the the key then becomes if you if you're married customary marriage and then you enter into civil marriage if you have not signed any kind of prenup then you're married in community of property. Yes, all that right. is true. Okay, all right. Thanks, uh, thanks for that, uh, Shani, and for for clarifying that particular issue. Um, I've got a couple of messages. I'm going to ask. Uh, please try and keep the the text messages in particular short for me, please, 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 please. Um, I know that you want to uh, get the entire story across, but of course, it makes it difficult for me to read the entire message, uh, in particular for uh, my guest today. So, if you can just resend some of your messages, but try and keep them shorter and be more specific with the questions. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, good morning, Kathy and the listeners. Kathy, can you assist me here? Once you have, uh, by uh, Zulu culture, I'm just asking, you have paid Lobola, you have done everything, but uh, you are not yet married. Uh, does that under customary law count as uh, a marriage? As a, as a marriage? As a marriage? I'm asking Kathy because uh, what happens if I die now? Uh, what will my, my assets and my personal what will happen to them? Will my wife that I've paid the water to get some or what, what will happen then? What happens with your estate after your demise is not a, a field that I specialize in. However, what I do know is that it depends on what your will says. If you have a will, your your assets will be distributed in accordance with your will. If you do not have a will, your assets will be distributed in regards to interstate um, succession law. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is asking and says, my friend is married according to Hindu customary marriage. They've been separated for 14 years now, but her husband refuses to give her a deposit a divorce and he does maintain her how does the law apply to her it is difficult for me to say because i don't have the complete background and mm. what has happened in the last 14 years but i mean a, a divorce cannot be refused by another party so it's not clear for me whether they have approached the court to have the divorce finalized Mm, mm, mm. All right. Okay. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that, Shani. Let me go to Grant in Durban. Grant, good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I think I just want to respond to JJ, uh, who asked the question, how do we know what type of marriage to actually enter into? Well, I'm a financial advisor, and in my experience, I've found that people who are very young, and are getting married for the first time, have no assets, then the accrual system is probably a very good method to actually use, uh, simply because it uh, is a fair system. I think this was introduced in 1983. And uh, it will allow both parties to accumulate assets uh, in their own rights, and they are taxed in their own rights on the assets that they have. If they are married in community of property, any income that they receive from rentals, interest, etc., and any assets they accrue have to be done in a joint name. So buying property, for instance, is quite uh, onerous uh, when you marry the community of property because both parties have to be party to, to the transaction. 
However, when you get older, and if you are in a second relationship or a third relationship where you've got children or you've got uh, beneficiaries from a first marriage or you've got assets that have accrued and you're now entering into a second relationship, then out of community of property, in other words, with an ANC agreement and possibly without the accrual system might be more relevant to you because you need to protect the assets for your own uh, generation or in your own beneficiaries. So mm. if that helps anybody making decisions, then um, I'm glad so, I could help. So, so Grant, what, what about the person who would find themselves as the second or the third wife? You know, they'll, of course, also be worried about their own security and future. Well, that's a very good question. And uh, I would always, uh, once again, as, as your uh, esteemed guest said, if it gets a little bit more complicated, then you do need to go and see a professional help. Um, unfortunately, these things do do become come with a cost. But uh, if you look at the cost of not getting it done correctly, um, it, it's certainly more beneficial to go and seek professional help mm. uh, with with and and pay for such services. And so, effectively, not to leave anything to chance is what I'm hearing you say. Especially in second and third marriages, where mm. there are children involved, where there are assets accumulated uh, in one or the other estate, you don't want to leave anything to chance. Because if you get married a second or third time, this, and and you're married in community of property, the and you get separated again, you could your children from your first marriages could be actually totally excluded. Uh, from the estates if if it's not done correctly. So you sure. need mm. certainly, especially in second and third marriages, you do need um, you do need assistance. And unfortunately, with the way that South African uh, marriages are, well, worldwide marriages, um, they don't seem to last that long. Um, not these days, apparently, Grant. It's <laughs> worthwhile trying to get yeah. some professional help. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for that good advice. And are you in the field? You're a financial advisor, you said? Yes, I am a financial advisor. I work for Alexander Forbes. Ah, thanks for that, Grant. Really appreciate the call and the advice today. So there you had, you heard it then from Grant. Really good advice coming through. I'm going to take a quick break and I'm back with more after this.